Here Hello, we go. Hello, it's Mr. another week. It's another opportunity for me to talk over you, Coxie, and it's another cracking joke. I've got my my genuine laugh game ready today, Are you Coxie. Practicing? I have in the mirror. Been to uh, laugh yoga like we were talking about last week. Laughter club. I started my own. <laughs> Hang on, you're, you're the one really telling the jokes, not me. All right, you ready? Yep. What is the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman? Well, I would have thought that was obvious, but you tell me, Coxie. <laughs> I think I our guest wants to have, have a crack. <laughs> come on, please, like you tell. Come on, come in, spinner. Snowballs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Love it, love it. Right, hey, listeners. So we've we've decided on a new format for the joke. <laughs> What's the prize for the guests if they get it right, Coxie? I don't know. It's never happened before. In fact, I know <laughs> even never wanted to play my game with me before. And now Luke's come in like a bloody legend that he is. I'm going to have to find you some merch and send it down, Luke. I, I love good dad jokes. I think... <laughs> <laughs> me too. My daughter knows how much I love a dad joke. And she knows that so much that she actually, she was at the library with her nana, my mum recently, and spotted some book of dad jokes. And so she hired it from the library and brought it home for me and said, dad, I got you a book. So that either says that mine are really good and she thinks it's hilarious and she's adding to my repertoire, or perhaps the thing that everyone else is thinking right now, which is like, no, she knows you need to up your game was. A little bit of improvement. Yes. <laughs> bit of column A, bit of column B. So we are joined by, um, well, I don't know, what we're going to call you now is your nickname, Luke, that you've just, you know, you've nailed Coxie's joke. But uh, Luke Thornton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, now you sound very professional, mate, much more professional yeah. than me. Not at all. <laughs> Good to know, because I was starting to feel a bit self-conscious there. No. Now, Luke, you're a sparky, but we're not talking to you about wires and picking up little cuttings off the floor today. It's because they don't. Uh, this one does. <laughs> oh, yes, Luke. Yes. You're winning everywhere here today. <laughs> Carry a vacuum cleaner. Nice. Oh, nice. Is it a Dyson? Nah, not that fancy. Just a DeWalt. <laughs> That's a real one. Yeah. It's a real vacuum cleaner. Um, we're going to talk to you about go, going bush. There you go. So, um, mate, our listeners love to know a bit about the people that we talk to as well as, you know, the business and, and all that sort of stuff, which I know we'll get into. Um, who the hell is Luke Thornton and how did you arrive at this point in your life, mate? Uh, so, I'm, yeah, Luke Thornton, I'm 47. I've travelled around a little bit. My old man was in the army, so we travelled a lot for schools. Um, that was probably part of where I get the, the gene for exploring. Mm -hmm. um, everywhere we went, mum and dad always made us go everything that was available. So I left school, did year 12, left school, became an electrician for what is now essential energy, but their predecessors. Uh, started as electrician, did a line workers course as well, did that for a few years. Then I went traveling around Australia for a few years, then came back and settled in Golgol or Mordura. People don't know where that is. Um, worked for a couple of places in town, doing also doing my own electrical work. 
Then I went back to the supply authority, which was Australian Inland at the time, which then became Essential Energy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, then got married and decided that traveling away as a trainer, being away all the time wasn't quite what we were trying to get done. Mm-hmm. So there was a market for level two electrician in the area, which there was none. So my qualifications allowed me to become that. And that's basically the end of the story. I've worked for myself since 2008 full-time. Um, in 2018, we made the off-road tradies after a few, I've always been out the bush, lived out the bush, traveled out the bush. And then we were doing a few trips with a friend of mine from Dubbo. Um, and we were like, how can we make this become a more permanent fixture? Um, both with the idea that you can't just, you know, drop everything and start this thing up. Mm. And it started as just a name and what we're going to do. And then it sort of merged into um tours and offering catered tours and getting people out into the Australian outback and making sure they're safe and looked after. I love the idea of a passion project becoming a real project. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. I so look, I'm gonna give full disclosure. Most of our regular listeners will know I'm not much of a camper. I do have a caravan and I'm still warming to the idea of it being fun. And <laughs> Uh, most of our listeners love camping, they love touring, they love time in the bush. I like the bush, I just don't necessarily like sleeping in it or bathing in it. Um, and I, I find it phenomenal. I guess what I see whenever I am out in nature in any form is um, that reconnection to nature and how that makes me feel and yep. how it allows me the space and the time to... I guess recalibrate and come back to my center. And I'm making an assumption here, but is that what the initial appeal was for you that meant that this became more than that and it started into this passion project for you? Yeah, I've always loved driving out the bush. I love exploring and finding new places, <clears throat> finding new roads, traveling to different areas. So that's sort of my work as an electrician. I've always worked rurally as well. So here I'll travel anywhere up to 80 hours north um, to do jobs at farms and stations and small towns and that sort of stuff. So it's always been there. Um, I get a real, like a a relaxing feeling when I get on the dirt road. So it sort of takes me back to a, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a happy place, but it's definitely a place where I can just chill and, and I quite often travel with no, no radio just the window down and, and i just listen to what's around me and you know nature birds all that sort of stuff and i just they, that gives me a great feeling and hopefully we can then put that into other people as well mm. the the yep. no phone thing is definitely a, a recalibration as well so when you don't have any coverage and you're waking up because the sun's up uh, you're going to bed because you're tired not because you know the phone says so or you know you haven't got anything else to do so we definitely find people much more like the after a couple of nights first night's a bit rough mm-hmm. um they're sort of wanting to know when, when's the next place we're getting coverage but after they get used to it they sort of really embrace it and then you know when we do get coverage it's all like a bunch of teenagers flat out on their phones but, <laughs> um they appreciate the the lack of that sort of thing and they definitely find it um that they do reconnect and find themselves rejuvenated as well <laughs> I tend to get that same sense of peace when I pull up to a five-star hotel and the valet comes out to pick up my car. <laughs> I, I do get really upset when I'm going up the elevator and my phone blacks out just for a moment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love being out in the bush as well. It's um, it's It really is a great opportunity to reconnect and 
I guess we could probably go really woo-woo, but at the risk of upsetting lots of our listeners, I won't. Um, that opportunity, though, to um, – I feel like I'm going to get on the brink here, but there, there, there's a, there's almost a heartbeat that, that the bush has and the beach. I feel very much the same at the beach um, that you attune to when you're away from those devices, when you're away from the noise that normally happens in the everyday that can bring us back to that – state of regulation i guess yeah um, so it's a great opportunity for many to do that and i'm interested to understand how it went from something you love doing to the idea of perhaps creating a um a business that can help others discover and explore the way that you enjoy doing but the start was so the first few trips that we did we always took people with us anyway so we'd say like, we're going to go and do the simpson do you want anyone want to go and then that sort of branch from just people being with us and serving themselves to like, there's no real market for people at this stage that do fully catered meals. And the ones that do like what we've heard so far, it's pretty much the same thing where we'll give you, you know, it's different meals every night. Different week we cook on the run in, in our ovens in the car. So you're, you're getting a and we'll do camp ovens and like really good hearty meals. We're not, we're not, you know, it's not five-star cooking, but it's good hearty. At the end of the night, you're full and, and you've had a, a nice meal and the people that came with us that experienced that to start with were like, this is a good thing. And then we decided, oh, we'll, we'll add it on. And we started with only sort of a couple of tours and then we've just added tours each year and said, right, we'll go and drive this track, find it. Yeah, this definitely is something that people would be interested in doing. Um, add it to the the group of tri- ones that we do at the moment and then off we go. Yeah, nice. Um Luke, do you have uh, like particular cooking skills that you've had to develop, mate, to <laughs> deliver the experience off-road? Uh, guaranteed, once a trip, you'll get uh, my special golden syrup dumplings. Oh, that, my God. Um, they are my favourite. <laughs> yeah, I've had lots of people come back say so they haven't had it since Nan made it and <laughs> it's better than Nan's and that sort of stuff. I've had people come back on a number of trips and they'll critique it across each time they come over. This is better than last time. This wasn't as good as last time. That type of thing. But, um, we always have uh, one camp oven roast and then we alter through. We started off very uh, male dominant and meat orientated. Yeah. And then we've sort of brought in more stuff. So we'll have, you know, it might have butter chicken one night or we'll do um, some sort of pasta and then we'll make a stew and then we'll have a roast and then we'll have our barbecues as well, but we might have a Mexican night, that sort of thing. So we try to chop and change so you're not getting the same thing all the time. That's so yeah, nice. Yeah. So so when you're back home, mate, do you cook like do you cook at home? Is it something that transfers for you or when you're back it's like I'm done cooking. I've been cooking on the road. The first couple of nights I definitely don't want to cook. <laughs> um, but I do cook at home anyway. And my mum's uh, a really good good cook and dad's done Chinese cooking for a long time. So not that anyone's a chef or a, a professional cook. We've just mum loves cooking for other people. I like cooking for other people. And we got, Curl and I have a rule where we don't eat until everyone's eaten. So mm. some people find it a bit funny, but we want to know that everyone's had their fill. And yeah. then if there's some left, we'll have that afterwards. So you're not just waiting to make sure somebody drops off the perch, the poisoning works. You, you know, it's not about making sure they're clear before you <clears throat> sure We have had a, a discussion where, you know, we haven't had a bad, we haven't done a bad meal yet. We've come very close. Um, <laughs> there was one on the Simpson last year that was borderline the worst meal we've ever done. Oh, no. Um, we got some funky schnitzels from 
far north Queensland, and I think they were buffalo. <laughs> it had a very distinctive taste to it, and it was a last-minute uh, meal, but the vegetables were delicious. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sounds like everyone survived, so that's a good story, mate. Yeah. Look, I'm curious in setting up a, a business like this, and I guess you know if I can make an assumption and correct me if I'm assuming incorrectly, uh, that the idea is to transition into this as your your main gig and leave the the wires and stuff behind. Is that the plan? Yeah, definitely. The end goal is to be full time. I've got to juggle that with four kids. I've got one just gone to uni, one's a uh, apprentice plumber, and then I've got two that are still at one in high school, one in primary school. So mm-hmm. juggling normal work plus tours plus kids stuff it's a bit of a time consuming thing so eventually once the littlest one is higher into high school then yeah i'll be trying to do it more time at this stage she comes on a fair few tours still did the cape with me last year sometimes i have no escape they just say we're coming other (laughs) times um my wife's working at the uni at the moment so she doesn't have as many holidays as she used to so mm. if, it, if it coincides with the trip and it's on school holidays, I'll take the kids with me as well and oh, they nice. give me a hand on the tour and the people that come on the tours actually quite like it. So Yeah, yeah nice. That's a real gift for them, isn't it, in their future, those experiences? Yeah, they've done a, a lot of things. Yeah. They've been, been to a lot of places and, and seen a lot of things that they'll be able to, you know, they cherish. And sometimes you don't think they remember it, but they do. They remember all of it. So. Yeah, it's mm, yeah. you what your kids remember and you'd have that benefit with, you know, your older kids and understanding what they remember from being little. It's yeah, quite surprising what they hold on to. Um, Luke, what's the, the general duration of your trips? Uh, so our shortest trip is three nights, four days, mm-hmm. and then it goes right through to it. We've got an 18-day trip that runs from Cairns to Cape York and back. Wow. So and so... What sort of equipment is required to do something like this? For, for us or for the people that come with us? Maybe for both. I'm, I, you know, I don't own a four-wheel drive. Would I? Is it something that I could still do or would I need to hire or purchase a four-wheel drive to be able to do a trip like that? We're definitely more based around you being in a vehicle that's capable. Yep. There are a couple of trips that uh, less likely, you know, less four-wheel drivey type vehicles can go on the, the Darling River tours you know, it's dirt roads, but it's not four-wheel driving. Yep. The Outback New South Wales tour is dirt roads with a little bit of four-wheel driving, but mm-hmm. at the places where we four-wheel drive, you can actually park your car up and, and jump in with us and, and we'll take you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just opened up some positions now where we're going to have people come in with us or we'll have that option for you. Yep. Um, so if you don't have a vehicle, you'll be able to jump in Curl or I and then we'll carry a swag or a rooftop tent for you. Yep. And then, yeah, as you get used to it, you can set it up for yourself. But to start with, we'll set it all up for you so you, you can actually take a few more people because we didn't know if that would work and we weren't sure if we wanted to have someone in our vehicle for you know, anywhere from a week to two weeks. Yep. But we've done a few things recently for the Queensland government um, and also some local stuff in Mildura where I've had to take people with me and probably not as bad as I make it out to be so <laughs> are they the trips where you do play the radio really loud if you get some idiot like me in the back just chewing your ear off no I, uh <laughs> you hesitated then luke no i, I haven't yet um <laughs> it's always interesting like i like to learn from people and listen to people's stories and um i had uh simon and adam from the goggle box um in more and i took got to take them out for a, uh three quarters of a day mm. and they were great blokes interesting Asked me some 
very city-based questions. <laughs> um, one of the boys had never seen a kangaroo moving before. What? Holy moly. So he'd seen kangaroos in a paddock, but never actually on the hop. So we passed, you know, mobs of kangaroos yeah, and yeah. greys and reds, and he got to see emus. And so sometimes I forget what people do and, and haven't seen or haven't, haven't seen. And um, we try to add that in. So we, if we take a late, um, someone that wants to take photos and we see something up front, like I'll pull up and say, right, it's a wedge-tailed eagle out here or there's budgies here. or So we get to see a lot of things and hopefully that we can get pictures for people to remember for forever. Mm. Hey, Tradies in Business, was here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure. I'm joined by Coxie, of course. <laughs> Hello. You may not know this, Tradie or Tradie Wife or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh, I that feels weird know. to say. <laughs> <laughs> But we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program, and that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like getting behind on quoting, Coxie. Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills. Sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do. If you can even find them in the first place. Uh, there's so many struggles. And we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a quite a short space of time, to be honest, mm -hmm. during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff. Mm -hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We How have sessions. tips? Yes. Getting tips, yes. Yeah. So uh, people rounding up, customers rounding up the invoice by hundreds of dollars mm -hmm. because they're so happy with the sales process and the experience of dealing with the trade business owner and their team. So some amazing stories from our clients. But, you know, as they say in the, in the commercials, don't take it from us. Uh, <laughs> Hear what some of our clients have to say. Coming into Christmas, we are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business. That's probably the biggest win of all. Using the cash flow forecasts, I've been able to look into the future and see where I'm going to be situated financially. And it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not I make purchases. By far, one of the best things about working with Nick and Woz are the other businesses that are working alongside them. It is amazing how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals, similar troubles. We can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback and it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all. From every job, I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes, super, all of that. And I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built. And that is thanks to traders in business and what they've taught me and what I've learned. 
So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out. We really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money. Maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice mm. that you really wanted when you started your business instead of this beast that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradiepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm going to be really secretive and uh, keep all of our magic up our sleeves. What I would like you to do, though, is head on over to tradiesandbusiness.com.au. You can learn all about us, why we do what we do, and how you can work with us, what that actually looks like. There's a whole bunch of free stuff there for you to download, uh, lots of options. We've always got new stuff going up onto the website and a great place for you to learn a whole bunch more about how you can work with us. You can even book a 15-minute chat. For free. For free. That's how abundant we are. So head over to the website, uh, check it out, book a chat with us, and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the Tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from. <laughs> it's It highlights for me something that is not totally unique to Australia, but it's certainly very much a thing here in Oz, is there is actually a huge awareness divide between mm -hmm. people who just live their entire lives in the the big metro areas on the east coast and the rest of us yeah uh and you know our population is obviously massively skewed towards the cities on the coast uh and so just the knowledge of what goes on west of the range is um it's it's surprisingly and to me frighteningly and and you know this is me Letting my personal values come through here because I'm not not as uh, widely travelled as you, Luke, with the childhood upbringing and everything, and, and you know having military family. But you know, I've spent a lot of time out west, and I've tripped around in a Forby and done the Cape and all sorts of stuff, and you know chose to move to Tassie to get away from the cities and and spend yep. even more time in the bush here. And uh, I just it still blows my mind that people don't have a more general awareness about country here in Australia, especially given all of the debate and everything that's going on uh, at the moment in Parliament and, uh, you know, on social media. So I think yep. it's a fantastic thing that more and more people mm. are getting out. And thanks to COVID, I think there's been a, a spike in that desire and perhaps awareness about Australia. I'm going to ask a question in a second, mate. I'd take a while to get there. You're right. Um, <laughs> I'm like the Nullarbor plane, mate. It takes a while, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> so... Is that something that's um, helping your business, Luke? Is people wanting to to figure that stuff out and perhaps experiencing it, or are you finding that's a barrier for what you're offering people? Initially, COVID was a, obviously a pain in the backside for for us because <laughs> we couldn't go, we couldn't cross borders. Curls yeah, yeah. in the other half of the business in Dubbo. I'm in a border zone, so I could go places he couldn't. He could go places I couldn't, or we could both go and the guests couldn't. So that was a, a big thing. And when we could start traveling around New South Wales, we found so many people. Like I've, I've lived out west for a long time and I've never seen so many people out the bush. Like you pull up in Tilpa, normally there might be, you know, you'd be lucky with three cars. There'll be like 20 caravans parked there mm. and, and people everywhere. And it's like I'm passing people on roads that I've never seen a person on before. And I'm going past people in Winnebago's and 
and carrying you know 27 foot caravans and where are these people coming from but it was majority sydney people getting out because they couldn't mm. go anywhere else so <laughs> that's kind of just slowly going back the other way now we've had a lot of people that on our tours that would normally travel overseas and they've done some tours with us and now they're going starting to go back overseas again mm. yeah okay so look what, what have been some of the other um I don't want to say barriers, but learning opportunities for you in transitioning from, I guess, the trades and a trade business into what is is a tourism business. Yeah. Uh, understanding tourism is a, a big thing. Um, what people want and how to get to those people is probably the hardest part, I suppose. We struggled for a long time with everyone, everywhere we went to talk to people about tourism like you've got a great product, you should be flat out, you know, COVID's going to be great for you. And then we just didn't see the rolling customers like they were talking about. Mm. Um, so then we did a, we had a, a digital mentoring program mm -hmm. through a tourism uh, developer mm -hmm. and they get put through all these different sides of, you know, your SEOs and making sure your website's working properly. Google my business is working properly and how all these things link together and, until you understand that and the fact that you can be saying something on this platform and this platform, but Google won't link those things together and you don't get ratings out of it. So yep. trying to get that background information, mm. um, that was really helpful. And that definitely helped get us, you know, we've had people from Denver ring us about doing um, a trip this year for about 30 people, wow. which was just out of the blue. Um, I actually thought it was a scam email. <laughs> But he rang afterwards and he's like, yeah, we've got a conservation area. We've got all the people that pay money to, to this conservation area. We're going to take them around. We want you to be over there and drive us around. So that's happening in April. Wow. And then um, we've had a couple of others. I've had uh, a bloke just emailed on the weekend from uh, Arts. He's a photographer and he's doing a pitch uh, story by picture. Um, so I was talking to him today. Luckily, that one's not too far away. It's only half an hour up the road. So we'll be able to sort that one out fairly well, but once he actually decides what he what he wants. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's getting there. Tell us a little bit, Luke, about the diversity of people that take up the opportunity to take one of your tours. So, uh, the diversity of the groups is can be very wide-ranging. There's probably the only ones we don't really see is that kind of uh, alpha 20 to 30-year-old male. Yep. Um, and they're potentially not really the people that we're after anyway. So we've, we like to take families because I like to see families explore and, and kids get out of the bush and get mm -hmm. off iPads and, and become, you know, not one with nature, but be able to go and climb up a hill or dig a hole and just do things that kids mm -hmm. should do. Mm -hmm. Um, then we're also getting a lot of mature ladies, mm -hmm. um, either widowers or, um, They've been divorced and they want to, they either did like camping previously and want to get back to it, or they've never done it and they want someone to be around so they can start to build their confidence in being out the bush. Mm. So we do get um, experienced four drivers as well, and sometimes a lot of solo experienced drivers that they just want to go and do a trip but have some people around. Like they've done enough trips where they're on their own, they want to meet more people, like minded people. Um, some a lot of dads and sons, mm. that type of thing, trying to make a, their connections and get their kids out the bush and that sort of thing. So a, a wide range of people. 
What a privilege it must be to be in a position to serve so many people. Um, there must be a lot of, I guess, pretty big moments that would be shared with you on those trips when you're thinking about some of those client bases that you're talking about there. Yeah, and that's probably the the main thing for us. Can I like, can watch someone do something or experience something for the first time and we get to witness what they actually, like the look on their face or the gasp or the, you know, they're, they're high five in somebody because they've, they've conquered a hill that they would have never have taken on before. Uh, we've had a couple of proposals Ooh. at different places. So that wasn't something that we thought would be on our <laughs> things that we would do. But yeah, that's um, that was pretty cool, especially at the one at the most northern point of Australia. So yep. yeah, nice. Yeah. So you do get to share a lot of things with people and you make you know, people come back because they enjoy it. So we've had people that have been on four and uh, I think four is the most trips out of eight so far. Yeah, that's cool. Um, plenty that have done three. So they come back because not only they, they want to travel, but they also enjoy being around us and mm. that sort of thing as well. So, Luke, which out of the eight? I'm sneakily looking oh, on your you're website. you ask me yeah. which one. Yeah, I am. <laughs> which one's your favourite? Uh, probably the high country is definitely, mm. it, it ticks a lot of boxes, like, to be, this is the other thing that people don't grasp when they're from the city. When you take them out and they can experience the vastness of Australia, yes. how big it is, how small they are, mm-hmm. and how insignificant they are compared to the rest of whatever's going on. So you, you can take them in the high country and you can stand at the top of a mountain and you can just look and you just see mountains everywhere and you, you just feel tiny. Mm-hmm. Or you go out the back of New South Wales or you're in the Simpson Desert and you can't see another car, you can't see another person, you can't see anything as far as the horizon on every side, then they start to realise, oh, yeah, this is, it's a big country and I've driven four days and I'm only still in the same state. Yeah, <laughs> not even in the middle so, of it yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It blows me away when we were kids, I'll say collectively, because we were all about the same age bracket, nice vintage Luke. Um, we all drove for holidays. We didn't do... Yeah. Uh, you know, well, gosh, we didn't even do bus or train, really. We certainly didn't do any aeroplane. Um, it was all driving. My family was in Wagga. We lived in Brisbane. We drove down there twice a year, every year. They'd come up to us sometimes. Um, that was a gift of my childhood I, that I've been fortunate enough to share with my own children, and that's not even going right out west. They're still quite public roads. There's always lots of people. You get to see, sure, a lot of countryside, but also a lot of other cars on the road. Yep. And I think we've lost some of that basic living. Um, now in favour of the fast pace and the go, go, go and I've got to get there quickly so I can just relax. Um, yep, so we yeah. lose the experience of the journey. Yes, that's definitely definitely true. Um, I'm big on driving. So we, we drive, you know, we've driven to Western Australia, we've driven to Darwin for holidays and one of the best experiences was on the Darwin trip, we got to Tennant Creek and was like, righto, this is the choice. We can head where, uh, east and go to Queensland and start coming back down or we can sneak up to Darwin, like we'll literally be there for three days and everyone, the whole theme's like, let's go to Darwin. Darwin. <laughs> yeah. So that's, to me, is a win. You know, people are happy to be in the car, get to see some stuff and we always make sure we stop at, you know, anything that's a point of interest or we'll try and find little things that you can you can take your mind off travelling, mm. like creeks and swimming and water holes and um, lookouts, all that sort of stuff. Go and do everything you can while you can. Mm. Luke, I think you have the opportunity to help every parent of a young child right now if you can give us some clues on the very best car <laughs> games to play. Car cricket. Car cricket. 
think I've ever played car cricket. How do you play car cricket? Uh, so it's the number, the number plates of the car coming towards you. Yep. Um, you've got to set your boundaries. Like obviously, we change. So anything inside a 60K zone of a town doesn't count. Uh-huh. But then any car coming past, once you have a, whoever's batting, uh, if the first number on the number plate is one to six, it's runs. Yep. And if it's zero, seven, eight, nine, you're out in some format. So you can pick zero, it can be bold, or, and then you write down each way and then you can keep score through that. Oh man, <laughs> I can just see the arguments that it'd take. It also, <laughs> it also keeps them focused because yeah. they're looking yeah. for the next car and what, exactly. and looking for the number plate. So that's a good one to keep them going for a fair while. We obviously, <laughs> we're not immune to technology so you've just got to be balanced in what you do don't sit on a device for the whole time yeah um we try to make sure that there's coloring in um our kids like little puzzles and that sort of stuff when parents come on trips we've always got a pack for the kids for their kids so we'll have um competitions so you have to try and find signs or animals and the first child to get all the activities wins a prize um, we've got little puzzles for them. But, you know, it's nothing drastic, but it's just little bits to help parents mm-hmm. when they first start to get the kids into the motion of being away. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully mm-hmm. by the end, they you know, sometimes we'll give the kids in different vehicles a handheld UHF as well. Oh, cool. So they can be having their own little conversations yeah. through cars while the adults are still talking on the, on the main UHF. Mm. That's such a good idea. Mm. I've got some advice for our listeners and only cause it's a funny story. Um, on our first drive with my son from Brisbane to Wagga, he's, he was a bit hyperactive at the time and so we thought, we'll go at night time, we'll give him some Finergan to help him sleep through the trip. Little did we know that my poor son, who I think was about maybe seven or eight at the time, had one of those adverse ref- effects where it completely switched. So the effect for him was, of course, to increase his hyperactivity. So my advice to you, any parents listening and considering this, do not give your kids Finergan just in case you end up with the same reaction we did. Didn't sleep for two days, poor little bugger. <laughs> well, I have heard of people using Finergan and having very peaceful trips as well. So oh. I don't, it's not for me personally, but I have heard of it being done here. Yeah. Yeah, we don't condone any form of drug oh. use, either mm. legal or otherwise, here at Tradies in Business. Conversely yeah. to our podcast last week where we were talking it up. Yeah, except for beer and coffee. That's yes. about it. <laughs> Definitely coffee, beer at the end of the trip. <laughs> uh, Luke, oh, sorry. Sorry, Proxy. no, go. go, go. I, I, I wanted to ask, you talked about, um, and Nick was talking about, I guess, that um, privileged position of witnessing people's you know, awareness, opening, all that sort of stuff. And I actually wanted to ask you, um, what's what's some of the most fulfilling um, experiences you've had? I mean, you, you have seen lots of people have lots of different experiences and, and awareness um, opening, but what's some of the most fulfilling aspects or maybe places, you know, that's that's been a part of that for you? So experiences for me uh, personally is when my family get to do mm. something, so quite often I'll take them back to places that my parents took me to. Yeah, nice. And be able to, that really gives me a, a real full sense of um, happiness, completeness, I suppose. Mm. So we lived in you know, Townsville for a, for a few years. We've been dabbers in the army. And we used to go up to a place called Paluma and we'd go swimming in the creeks up there. And then we went to, we went to, went to the Cape uh, in two thousand and. 19 i took the the whole family went up and then we came back and i took them all up there and they all swam in these same creeks and for me it was amazing and like they had such a good time mm. but i'd already 
either experienced it previously and then they get to do it and then hopefully they'll take that on board. Um, the oldest, he's on a holiday at the moment for his birthday today. Um, and he sent me a Snapchat of the big Merino as Golden Like, And that's somewhere that we've always stopped at. Mm. Even if you don't need to go there, you always stop. So <laughs> just that type of thing, he stopped and taken a picture and sent it back to, to me, which means they're all taking it on board and they're all learning things. Um, there was a really good one when we went through the Flinders last year, my second youngest. She pulled me up in the middle of this track. She's like, Dad, stop. There's bush bananas. And I was like, bush bananas? What are you talking about? Anyway, and it was an indigenous fruit that she'd been seeing at school, but she was able to find it in the bush and we stopped all the people in the tour and we wow. picked, the, picked bush bananas and it was That's it was cool. a fantastic experience. So. Mm. That's all awesome. that that's the good stuff for me like the kids mm. learning and and also remembering and better bring that back and show other people mm. we talk a lot about legacy here at tradies and business and that's one yeah. hell of a legacy to leave your family i hope so I, the youngest one she tells me she wants to be an electrician and an off-road tradie so i don't know how that's <laughs> going to work out but she'll be the ceo of the companies but right quite possibly yeah <laughs> actually she's pretty good when she comes out they're all good um they all help out and they know they've got to get up early and they and they go to bed late because you're cooking and cleaning and that sort of stuff. But they love it. And the, the people that get to bring their kids, it also helps with them because my kids are there to help them like learn the you know, the beginnings of how to just interact with nature and mm. yeah, it's good for them. Luke, I've got a, a, a question about, um, I guess, people thinking about trying this perhaps. Um you know, maybe they've got a Forby that hasn't ever been off the blacktop or, or perhaps, you know, not much. Yep. And they've had their interest maybe peaked a little bit by this podcast. Um, what sort of uh, tips would you have for them, whether it's to go with someone like you or, you know, perhaps uh, things to try first, you know, how to prep for a good trip with the kids for the, the first go? Yeah, I, I suppose don't bite off more than you can chew to start with. So, Start small because if you you plan a week's trip or two weeks trip and the first three days are no good, no one's going to enjoy it and then you're going to have a bad experience and not want to do it again. Mm. We've had some people come on that haven't camped for 20 years because they had bad experience mm -hmm. when they first tried it. Mm. So just to start small, um, you know, a night here, a night there, just to find out if the family actually does enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then you can sort of build from that. So don't overcomplicate it. Don't take too much stuff. Just as long as you've got enough water and food and you're going to be warm, they're the main three things you need. So don't go somewhere that if you haven't been, you don't know what the, you know, don't go into the middle of the desert if you don't mm -hmm. have the right gear, but you can go and camp in a, a spot just near the edge. So, you know, don't go into sand or do things that your vehicle's not ready for, you're not ready for. And then just gradually build your experience. And, and each time you go out, you'll learn a little bit more or you can come out with people like us. There's other places that do taglongs as well. Mm. Um, there are other places where you can go and learn to four-wheel drive. We try to incorporate both things into one. So we'll, if you don't have much experience, none of the trips start you off at you know the top level. We'll, we'll start you off here and then each day mm. we'll, we'll build you up a little bit. And then at the end of the week, hopefully you're taking on things that you wouldn't have even thought about previously. Mm. And then you can get through them all. Nice. And I've got to follow up to that. What's three things you never, ever go on a trip without, mate? Um, 
water, food, and recovery gear. Nice. And what's one people would not think to take that you always take? That I've always got. Yeah. Um, what do I always have? Please say soft toilet paper. <laughs> Maybe it's a hip flask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. My ute's fully loaded all the time. So yeah. um, <laughs> it's got everything in it. Yeah. Like I, I, I cook it on the run and I've got on my YouTube channel, there's 17 different cook ups or something so far in a little oven while I'm driving around. Um, so for me, an oven, that's probably the one thing I don't yeah. leave without because I, I cook with it every trip, basically. Yeah, mm. nice. Nothing yeah, better than pulling that, yeah. up to, yeah, sometimes it's ribs. It could be a, I'm going to do some shanks shortly in it, see how they go. But, you know, mm. it's easy as nachos or your, your pies and um, we've done little roasts and all sorts of stuff. So that's that's the one thing that I don't leave home without. Nice. I'm keen to give one a go. Not that we have big long drives here in Tassie. <laughs> Three hours gets you from top yeah. to bottom. But like you could have a warm meal at the end. <laughs> I get some leftovers in it, so it's warm by the time I get to the south south coast. Yeah. But uh mate, that's that's awesome. Um I'm look, I'm I'm already keen on this stuff and just listening to you, um, my wife and I have been talking about heading over to the mainland and because I've done a bit around Central Australia and she has not. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're talking about getting over for a, a Central Australia trip in the next couple of years with the camper trailer. And, um, yeah, you've really whet my appetite, mate. So I've got two Tasmanian couples coming on the Darling River trip next month. <laughs> nice. That was a bit of a, like a bloke rang me and said, I'm from Tasmania. You want to come on your Darling River trip? I was like, all right, oh, that's fine. <laughs> and then he booked that night and his mate booked pretty much straight afterwards. So Wow. Awesome. Yeah. That'll be a good trip, actually, because it's... Still a fair bit of water around and a lot of yabbies, so we'll take some nets out and catch oh, a feed, hopefully. How good is a yabby? There's thousands <laughs> of them here at the yabbies. moment at Mildura. That's kid. Mm. Photos nice. on everyone's Facebook down here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's a hero. Yum. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like fun. All right. Well, um, mate, if people are like me and they're thinking, geez, that sounds bloody good. I'd love to love to have a go at that. Um, where do they go to find out more info about about you guys, about the Off-Road Tradies? Off-Road Tradies uh, website, offroadtradies.com.au. That's got a gallery of photos from trips. It's got all the upcoming tours, the dates. It's also got the links through to the, we use Resdy as our booking portal. So that's all links through. So just click the button, it'll take you through to ResD um, or you can just email us and find out what what we're doing and we have people that do that regularly. Don't they, I'm assuming they don't know what they're looking for on the website mm-hmm. and they'll just say what's coming up and then we can email them back. Uh, we can help you fill in the forms if need be. Um, if you want to have a look at what we how we go about our business, there's YouTube as well. So that's got all different tours promote the tours plus the, the cooking stuff plus there's just our normal trips that you, know, you get to see a little bit about what we do and don't do and we're sort of very normal people doing normal things with you know with their family and friends and that sort of stuff it's nothing nothing outrageous but you know it's just us doing our thing mm. love it love it mate well look uh thanks for coming on the show uh thanks for sharing some insights into what uh you know the next phase of a tradies life looks like luke so I hope you enjoyed it. Um, another secret, be as easy to get ready as possible. So as a trader, you're always kind of busy and it's pretty easy to 
palm off and say, no, it's too hard. I've got to unpack for you and repack it. So make everything as simple as possible that you can, mm. you can change from one to the other. And then it's, a, it's a much easier process. I used to be just like that. Like I said, no, we can't do it. It's going to take me forever to, to sort that out. Mm. And then as you get, go through and you say, oh, we got tub to tub and then you've got a different setup, right? And now, you know, I can leave in half an hour, I can be ready to go. Mm. Great. Yeah. yeah, it helps people get out more, doesn't it? It's yeah. just easier to, no to excuses. make a switch. Mm. Yeah, love it, mate. Love it. Thanks, Luke. Good no advice, worries, Luke. Luke. Thanks for being here. All the best with it, mate. We'll keep an eye on uh, for when the business explodes and you'll be worldwide soon. Uh, maybe not worldwide, but I'm happy to be Australia-wide. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.